Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Yo, yo, Boozer Nation, session 64 of Blockchain and Booze. Uh, I got a very, very exciting session for us planned uh, with an iconic entrepreneur in the crypto scene uh, and his, his company, Helium, has been quite blowing up over the last few months, especially on TikTok and on YouTube. And you're seeing a lot of discussion on it. But before I even go there, for you guys who are new to Blockchain and Booze, cheers. Uh, welcome to the Boozer Nation. Uh, I hope that you're doing well. If it's your first time tuning in and you're watching from Lunar Crush's Twitter, shout out to Lunar Crush. Uh, go to meet.blockchainbooze.io. Meet.blockchainbooze.io. There you'll be able to hang out with everybody that's watching live and drinking and hanging out and doing their thing. Uh, so meet.blockchainboost.io. Uh, if you're meeting me for the first time, my name is Adam Levy. I'm the host of this awesome show uh, that's brought to you by Draper Gorn Holm. We are an early stage blockchain venture studio and fund. And we just so happen to throw the best events in crypto from LA Blockchain Summit to the Global DeFi Summit, which, by the way, is happening next week, June 24th. Uh, we have the NFT Summit. We just had the security token summit. We got a loans, what the block every single Friday and your very own blockchain and booze by myself, Adam Levy. Uh, guys, I hope you're feeling well. Everybody that's in the chat also, I see people are tuning in from Toronto. What's up, Pierre? Shout out to Blockchain Radio for being a kick-ass media partner. Uh, Barry, Larry, Zachary, guys, what's up? Cheers, Nathan, Teddy, guys. Thank you for being here. All right, guys, without further ado, let's just get right into our session I'm very excited to welcome the one and only Amir Halim. Ah, what's up, Amir? What's up, man? Just just drinking, <laughs> which I guess <laughs> I guess is what we're supposed to do. Dude, dude, you're you're on the right path. Cheers! Thank you for being here. Yeah, cheers. What do you have? What do you have? Like you have a dude. I okay. So every it's like supposed to be a Moscow Mule. But every single week, I literally just pour some vodka and some soda, maybe add a lime or some ginger ale. And today, it's just vodka soda in a Moscow Mule cup because All it's right. just well, a nice cup. I, I, like, I like it. I can go with it. What are you drinking? I have a Johnny Walker Blue with nice. some rocks or ice or whatever you want to call it in here. It's, 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 it's delicious. <laughs> with some rocks. Nice, man. Well, thank you for being on, dude. Where are you calling in from, actually? I am in uh, Marin County, north of San Francisco. Okay, nice. I'm, uh, but, I, but I'm from your part of the world. Well, not really from there, but I lived in LA for such a okay. long time. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the boring old valley where you just got families and, and old people. So I think, I think you're thriving where you're at. But anyways, no more banter. Let's get started, okay? I'm, I'm actually really excited to have you on. Uh, you're building a hell of an engine that's really taken over like – one, the influencer marketing on, on TikTok. It's really made a lot of waves and you've got a lot of discussions going on uh, and mainly because you guys are doing something super cool and super unique. So before we even get into Helium, can you give me a quick brief about yourself? How did you get into crypto? What's your background? We can start there. Yeah. Uh, God, how did I even get here? Um, so yeah, I, I did not come from the crypto or the, or the wireless, even the wireless world, right? So, so given what helium does my, my background was actually in video games like i played video games like non-stop when i was in college like just a crazy person i didn't even do any college work whatsoever like i dropped out after the first year i just played video games 24 7 and um i got wait a minute wait a minute you dropped out after the first year to pursue playing video games professionally or yeah, just for fun yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. So back in those days, so I'm pretty old relative to you, but I I played Quake, right, which was like the first really like online multiplayer game. Right? It was like the first, it was like the first TCP IP game, right? It was like the first internet game, really. And dude, it was just like nonstop. Like once I discovered that you could compete with other people online, like that was it. And I just played it 24-7, like literally 24-7. I got so good at it. Um, and yeah, and they play, started playing professionally. Like in in Korea, there was this whole like professional gaming scene, but it hadn't didn't really exist in the in the West. 
And so it was just like me and like a handful of other people who were like sort of pro players at that time. Like I was, I was the best in the world at this game. Like I was the best Quake Three player that existed at, at, at the time. And that was, that was cool. And I, I met a lot of people um, through that. Like it was a pretty small universe back then. It wasn't like it is now. The, 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 the sort of gaming world or the online gaming world was small. And so you met a lot of people. And, and some of the people I met there were doing interesting things. And I, I met a guy whose who's company was uh, building video games. And he's like, you want to come like build video games with us? And I was like, fuck yeah, <laughs> I don't know want to do that. So I, I dropped out of college. I was like in, you know, at the end of the first year, that company ended up doing really, really well. So that originally the company was called Refraction Games. Uh, ended up become, becoming Dice. We built Battlefield 1942. Um, became like a blockbuster, like absolutely massive, wow. you know, franchise, which we didn't expect. Um, and then, you know, that just kept spark. I just keep kept meeting people. And like one of the people that I met in that journey was Sean Fanning, who was the the founder of Napster and antagonist of Metallica and whatever else that that he was doing. And you know, he, he and I just like kept in touch. We had a lot of mutual friends. Um, and just one, one day we were like, we should just build a wireless network for sensors, right? There's supposed to be a lot of sensors out there. And what is that? Why is there no network for these sensors? And it was probably like an alcohol infused comedy. It was probably just like yeah. this one, right? It was, it was like, who even knows what we were talking about? And, um, but that was really the start of the conversation about helium. It's like, how do we build a wireless network like for, for sensors? Like that was the, that was the very first conversation we had. This was like 2012 and he convinced me it was a good idea. And I moved up to San Francisco from your part of the world, from LA. And that was it. And we started and we started Helium in 2013. And we tried to, we tried so many different ways to like build a wireless network. It's like, how do you build a wireless network like cost effectively? Um, <laughs> it's not easy. We did some terrible things, awful things. Um, and it took us, you know, like, three, four years really to figure out that the right way to do it was to, to use crypto. Um, I think I read the Filecoin white paper at some point mm -hmm. and I just, I just became like enamored with this, with this idea that you could just like incentivize people this way. Uh, and then one of our engineers wrote the first like white paper um, for what became Helium. And I was like, this seems like a good idea. Had to convince like the board had, who had just done a fundraising round, like on a completely different idea. So, you know, it was just like a long, a long journey to, to, to get here, but it all it all seems to have worked out okay. But wait a minute, but nobody just just decides or thinks about wait a minute, like sensors, like there's something over here. Like who 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 just thinks of that and realizes like, wait, how do we build a better network for sensors? <laughs> like, how do you go from building software and games to now building hardware and like I know uh, that happened over a drink, but that transition, it's like, it's a very, you know, it's a very like apples, bananas type of transition. I think this is where, so, so Fanning is like, he's an unusual character, right? Like he, you'll, you'll not meet anyone like him or deal with anyone like him in your entire life. And for, for whatever reason, like Sean was just like, he just was obsessed with this, with this point, right? Like he was like, there should be sensors everywhere, right? Like they should just be all over the place, right? And I, I had the same reaction that you did at first. I was like, dude, I don't know, I don't know anything about sensors. I don't know anything about wireless technology. I couldn't even tell you what a radio wave was. I don't even know what RF stands for. And so, you know, that. But it was really his sort of pushing on this that that led me to like just start reading about it. I started like studying it. I started to understand what IoT was, which was like this word for or this acronym for the Internet of Things. Right. You know, and I just started to get into it. And I was like, yeah, dude, it seems actually right. Like you were supposed to have all these sensors and there's no there's no place for all these sensors to go. Um, and yeah, so that was that was literally was like how it started. Like I had no idea what the hell we were doing. And argue, like depending on who you talk to, you may I, that may still be true. But I certainly at the time, like had no clue like how to do anything in this world. Like I didn't know anything about building hardware. Um, and it was really like his sort of incessant nature that made it become true. I, I think that's just what he does in life, right? Like maybe he did it with Napster and he, he did it with Helium as well. And then after that, you know, he, he does what he does and he sort of, you know, incepts the thing. And 
um, leaves us to it. And that was really how we we got started. And it was an idea that I never would have 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 had without without those conversations or without that start. It's fascinating. And you also mentioned that you guys went through a lot of trial and errors that you like. I could tell by your body language you like had a flashback. Like shit, I can't believe we even tried that. Like, can you, can you, can you talk more about that? What was that process? Uh, it was the most painful of processes. I mean, so this is like, you know, so one of our investors, our, our Series A investor is Kosla Ventures. And uh, Vinod Kosla, I'm sure everyone knows Vinod from like the beachfront lawsuits and all that stuff. Um, he's a character also, hi, hi Vinod. Um, and he, you know, he, he said something, he said something once, he was like, you know, startups just have to stay alive lucky, long enough to get lucky. And I thought we thought that that was like a really interesting statement that it wasn't like this just like perfectly scripted path that you took and it was like all skill all the time. It's really not. And so we, we tried lots of different things. I mean, we, we, we couldn't figure out. So the problem with building like a, a network like this is it's really expensive to build a network, right? Like you, you need like hundreds of thousands of like base stations or hotspots or gateways or whatever you, whatever you want to call them, like literally everywhere. Right. And, and so the typical model for that is like what AT&T or Verizon or, you know, Vodafone or whatever does, which is they go pay for all that. Right. They, mm -hmm. they spend a bunch of money and they put up towers and, and that's the model. And that sort of works okay for like traditional um, telecoms, right? Like, cause if you're an iPhone subscriber, you're probably paying a hundred bucks a month, 200 bucks a month. Um, you know, so you could kind of, you can imagine like you might get paid back for that like network building, right? But when you switch into uh, the sensor world, like you're, you're talking about like temperature sensors or radiation sensor or humidity sensor or something or, tra or location tracker, and they don't send very much data, right? So you're not charging anyone a hundred bucks a month for that, right? You're, you maybe someone wants to pay a dollar a year for that. Maybe they want to pay $10 a year for that. And so it's really hard to like make that work. And so at first, we tried the like traditional way, right? Like we were going to pay to like put, you know, gateways everywhere. Like that was our very clever model for like how <laughs> we were going to do this. Um, and that's just dumb, right? Like just doesn't work. And like every company that that tries to do this ends up in roughly the same place. And, you know, lots of companies have tried. And I mean, like no disrespect to them whatsoever. I'm like a huge fan of all of these companies, but companies like Sigfox, and Senate and guys like that, that, that tried the traditional model of like, hey, we're going to go build out this network and then we're going to go charge people a bunch of money to use it. It's really hard. And so we, we went that way, didn't really work out. And then we had the great idea of like, okay, what if we'd like just made specific sensors for like specific things? And that's how the network built out, right? Like what if there were sensors for like hospitals and then all of a sudden like every hospital would have coverage and then that, you know, would grow out that way. And again, it's just like, you know, at some point, like our team and me were like interested in sort of like, how do you make some world changing thing? It was never interesting to like put sensors in a hospital. And so we were never, we were just like, we're never, like our heart was like never in doing that. And so I think when we discovered um, crypto really, I mean, it was like a discovery, like we were not early on this at all. Like I'll admit, like I knew nothing, I ignored Bitcoin completely until like 2017. Like I didn't even, think about it like people told me they were buying it for a hundred bucks and really? I, was like, whatever. I was like okay. whatever you know like it just i just i was super late on that i didn't understand it I, I didn't get it and just like huge kudos to the people that 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 figured that out early on like it's blatantly obvious to me to me now like the the, the importance of it but I, I was not one of those people and so it took a long time for for that to to sort of percolate and we would joke because we already had all the acronyms like we had machine learning and we had iot and we you know we're like what about if we just add what if we put sensors on the blockchain you know like that was the you know that was the joke and yeah. then started to become real all of a sudden we read the i read the filecoin white paper i was like this is cool because it was like the first white it was the first crypto thing i'd read where it was like okay they're going to try and reward people in the form of mining for the thing that the network does, right? Like if you store more files or you make more file storage available, you're going to earn more of the token rather than right. just like proof of work or whatever it does. Like that's actually really clever. And then we started talking about like, I wonder if there's a version of that for wireless networks. Like, is there a way to prove that you're building a network uh, and get rewarded for that? And that was really the first set of conversations in like 2017. Like we just were just bullshitting on honestly, like drinking whiskey, just like this around a table, like what being upset about the fact that we were building sensors for hospitals or whatever. And 
that was how it started. And then um, one of our engineers, who's now one of our VPs of engineering, like decided like he was just going to take matters into his own hands, wrote the first version of the white paper. I looked at it. I was like, it's just fucking genius. And then became like, how do we convince the company's board effectively that this is a good idea? And because that was the hard part, right? It's like a bunch of investors, really good investors, like Google Ventures, Coastal Ventures, like First Smart Capital, like the best VCs had invested in what we thought we were doing. And I now had to go tell them, like, you know, that thing we thought we were doing that you gave us like, you know, $30 million for or whatever. We're not going to do, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to, instead, we're going to build a blockchain. And um, crazy. Yeah. And so that's, that's basically how that went. That's how, that's how that goes. You know, when you're talking about like building these uh, systems of incentives and rewards, and you're thinking about like, how can you get a user to do an action that this action like helps progress the network forward, right? And, you know, when you're reading the, the, the Filecoin white paper, and I've never read it, but it's actually a very smart way of gamifying kind of participation and rewarding people for committing certain actions. And you want people to put more hotspots. You know, these hotspots are expensive. You want to create more, a vaster network of connectivity. Uh, let's just reward them for doing that and giving them a cryptocurrency that has value that actually has done quite well over the last few months, like uh, with, without not, not shilling that price too much, but just talking about it from like the, like the, the whole system itself, right? When you guys were kind of designing the system, were there any concerns that kind of came to mind right away that you're like, shit like if we if we actually end up hitting this route and we end up going with this wait a minute we we may run into this wall that might be hard to overcome and climb over you know what i mean like did you did you encounter any of that kind of building this out and designing it oh yeah i mean we're, we're you know we still deal with it every day and, and and one of the you know one of the hard parts about helium and what helium tries to do is that um it involves like the real world right and so you like in other blockchains, they call this like the Oracle problem, for for example, right? Like, how, and and the simplest version of it was like, how do I, how do I reliably know what the weather is in a certain place, right? Like that, that would be the simplest example of like, how would I get a provable, you know, provable on-chain temperature? And in our world, it's like the worst possible example, right? Because we we have a bunch of stuff that is in the real world. And somehow we want to try and prove that it's actually there. I mean, that was the whole point, right? It was like, we knew that it was going to take a long time for sensors to come. It was going to take years for, for sensors to come and use this network. And so we had to figure out a way to like reward people for building the network in the first place, right? Like that was, yeah. that's the mad, that's the magic, right? Like Bitcoin started this and, you know, Filecoin was an extension of it. And there's lots of other great examples along the way. And to me, that was what was so special about it, though, was that you you rewarded people for doing the thing and you did it before there was like usage and then the usage kind of came and like everything in startup lore and like business lore tells you that this is a terrible idea, right? You should you should never just like build it and it will come. Like It's like never a good idea. But in this case, it was like, you know, it was the only way that this could possibly work, right? Because people aren't gonna start building sensors, they're not gonna start building applications, they're not gonna start building products until there's a big network. Imagine if you had an iPhone only worked in your house, right? right? And as soon and as soon as you left your house, it was like dead, right? Like no no right. one would no one would find that to be very interesting, right? And so you have to have like this very broad network. And so you know there are hard really hard problems to solve there. And some of them are not very are not well solved yet right some of them are, are like works in progress like how do you continually prove that hotspots are where they say they are that they're actually creating coverage mm -hmm. you know, these are like really difficult things to get done well mm -hmm. and i think that the thing that i really like about about helium and the way that it's progressed is that the community is extraordinarily active like we got i don't even know how many it is like seventy thousand people on the discord server yeah right and and, and you know they're they're active they're not just like a lot of people are just bullshitting, but some people are like really active, like trying to improve the protocol and, imp and improve the state of the network. And so there's been a lot of like incredible advances in, in, in how this works and how it should work in the future that, you know, we, we can't come up with. And I, and I think that's the other powerful thing about crypto is that you get this like incentivized community effect, right? It's, it's like everyone in the community is incentivized to make it better because everyone is economically incentivized to like hold the token and like make sure that it succeeds. And so there's all sorts of like, we have this process called the HIP, 
process, which is the and like a public improvement process, and there's just like amazing ideas in there. Um, and so that's the thing I'm I'm happiest about. I don't think we got it perfect at launch. We, yeah. we didn't try we didn't try to either. Uh, but the community is like working diligently and hard, and so are we in 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 trying to improve things and and just sort of grow and succeed. Yeah. Now that you have that network effect, or it's slowly starting to build up, like I've seen the maps in LA, for example, and they're pretty like colorful. There's a lot of spots. There's a lot of of, of helium uh, hotspots, right? Uh, but the biggest problem that people keep encountering, and you actually approach this, like people aren't going to go build their own hardware. For example, you mentioned that. But now it's gone to the point where it's hard to actually get the hardware to, to, to do this, right? The lead time is so extensive uh, to an extent that meanwhile, you want to create connectivity, you want to create a network. But for example, like from how I understand it, at least, okay, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm not an expert on this, but getting these, these GPUs, right, getting these miners, it's like a bottleneck at, at this point, right? If I'm not mistaken, are you guys, are you guys ex experiencing that? Or, or is that just like, that's on purpose by design that there's a lead time like how do you kind of what do you think about that oh it's a huge it's a ridiculous yeah. problem i mean it's like you know we some people think it's by design like for some reason like we're incentivized to like slow the growth of the network and you know i, I love all the conspiracy theories i love it <laughs> um i don't love it i hate it but uh it's <laughs> it's just asinine um the the yeah, so the, I think a few things happened all at, all at once, right? Which was COVID happened, that sucked, right? Like it really, really hurt the supply chain for like semiconductors mm -hmm. in like a ma in a major way, like not just helium, but you've seen it, like entire like vehicle manufacturing plants are like shut down because yeah. they don't have like a chip for a car or yeah. whatever, right? And, yeah. and so that's a real thing. Um, you, the, the other thing that is important in our world to think about is like the, the IoT space has not seen something this big like ever before, right? right? And, and this is not me trying to brag either. Like this, this is just like, this is the effect of the community like demanding this to occur, right? And, and so like, we've heard from the supply chain numbers that are in like the hundreds of thousands of, of like hotspots, right? That the number that floats around the Discord Discord server is like three hundred thousand. Like it may be like two two at least twice as twice that number, maybe more. And no one was ready for that, right? There isn't a supply chain that says like I'm going to deploy like a million IoT gateways, right? Like, it just <laughs> it just, it just it's like no one it doesn't exist, right? And so, like everything has to to ramp to 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 support that. And one of the things that you learn in hardware that I learned the hard way is that everything is fucking slow, right? And, and, and like slower than you could ever imagine it being. And so when people say things like, oh, it's just a Raspberry Pi in a box, I'm like, you have no idea how difficult it is to procure, you know, 50,000 Raspberry Pis and put them in a box and connect it to another thing and check it and make sure it all works and distribute it and certify it. It's hard. And so the vendors that are, are dealing with this now are dealing with um, these problems, right? Like we, we are in unprecedented territory for, for IoT hardware and it's putting a strain on the ecosystem the same way that like Ethereum or Bitcoin mining is like crushing the GPU you know, yeah, in, yeah. The, the, the GPU supply, like you can't yeah. buy a GPU of any caliber because like some Ethereum miner already, ha you know, already has 200 of them. Right. right. So it's, it's the same thing. And, and, and so how do you overcome that with SSDs? How do you overcome that? Like what, what is like a, a solution to that? Like, can people build their own hardware from scratch and connect to the network? Are you guys even allowing that? Like, what, what does that look like? I mean, that's been a controversial topic and, um, you know, we did we did a little, we did a thing where we allowed three hundred different people to like build their own hardware, uh -huh. and you know it was fine, and there, there were no particular problems with it. But I think the thing that we realized out of that process was that the supply chain for that stuff is the same is the same is the same supply chain, right? So mm -hmm. so people are like, oh, if I could just build my own, I would do it tomorrow. But the problem is, as soon as we as soon as that became enabled anyone selling like any like LoRa equipment would just be sold out like instantaneously. Like, we, we had a vendor of this company called Long AP um, that started selling hotspots this morning. So there, there are like now dozens of different vendors that, that are looking to sell helium hotspots. We had a new vendor called Long AP 
they did about as, as good of a job as I've seen. They actually built all the hardware, like they had it ready. They didn't take pre-orders. They opened orders on a certain day. And it was just like absolutely explosive, right? Like, yeah. and so just like instantly sold, like immediately sold out. It reminds me of like, I used to stay up to like midnight to order like the next iPhone or, or whatever, right? Yeah. It was like immediate, immediately sold out, like as soon as you refresh the page. It was exactly like that. And, and so um, I don't think being able to build your own is really the solution, okay. right? Like that, because the problem is this continues to be the supply chain. And as soon as you run out of Laura chips, then there are there are no others to buy, right? And you're at the back of the line, just like all the vendors are. Mm -hmm. So it's not really a solution. And I don't have a solution, honestly, right? It's just like, I'm not in charge of like global semiconductor manufacturing. And as my, I would love to be, but I'm just not in that, I'm not in that spot. And so you just have to kind of wait for things to catch. It will normalize over time. Um, and just in the short term, it's just a little bit painful, but it, it's also like, you know, you love to see the demand in, in some ways, right? Like yeah. people are people are excited to get involved and that's cool. Yeah, I know we, we, I feel like we've been tackling Helium and the supply chain, all these different components from a very direct point of view. I wanna zoom out for a minute, okay? Because there's a lot of people watching this stream that will be watching this stream uh, and will still be wondering what is Helium and how does it work? Can you give me a higher level perspective of what that looks like, right? Because we talked about rewarding users, we talked about these hotspots, this hardware. We talked about many different angles. So from a high-level point of view, why are people going crazy for this, right? And how does it kind of fit into the entire network that you're building, just from a high-level point of view? And I know it's very redundant, but I think it's it's critical to kind of put that out there. No, it's good. I mean, it you know, we got deep in the weeds without even anyone knowing what the hell we're talking about. Um, <laughs> good, good to zoom out a little. Uh, um, <laughs> Helium is a way to incentivize building wireless networks. I think that's like the simplest way of thinking about it, right? Like if, if you think about the way wireless networks are built today, they are owned by like the same three or four mega mega corps, at least in the US and even, even worse in, in, in Europe and other countries. And in the same way that I think of Bitcoin sort of exploding the traditional financial system, I think of Helium trying to like replicate that in the wireless infrastructure space. Like if, if you could, you know, design a system that allowed like any random person to participate in building wireless networks and be rewarded for that, that's that's sort of what Helium does. And in, in a way it's, it's, you know, I hate the like, it's like X for X, but it's, it's like Airbnb in a way for, for the hospitality industry, right? Like no one can become a hotelier on their own, right? Like it's just too hard. And, and Airbnb sort of created a marketplace matching people who had real estate with people who wanted to stay in a place. And Helium is sort of the equivalent of that. It's, it's a way to monetize real estate and power that you already have. Like you have a house, probably you have power, you have internet backhaul. That's all that you need to operate like a cell tower, basically, right? And and the problem is you don't get to play in that game. Right? The game is the game is rigged, right? It's it, you get you can't participate in it. And helium is an attempt to unrig it in, in a way, right? Like any anyone should be able to do this, right? And and the first stop for us was an IoT network, or right? like how do we build a network that allows sensors to connect to the internet and send small amounts of data for like pennies, less fractions of pennies, right? Like that was that was objective number one. And then, you know, a few months ago, we announced what we're gonna be doing in 5G as well, which is objective number two, right? Which is like, how do you expand this idea, right? Like people are clearly excited about participating in the in this network. Uh, and the next step for that is like enabling people to be 5G cell towers instead of just IoT cell towers, right? And and the economics are, are that, you know, we designed a, a protocol called proof of coverage that allows you to get rewarded for building the network even before there are actual sensors using it, right? And so in the same way that, mm -hmm. you know, something like Bitcoin is is rewarding miners for just securing the network, even wh whether or not there's actually any transactions there, proof of coverage is sort of rewarding people for building the network and then further rewarding them when, when there's actual traffic there. And so, I mean, that's the key. Like these are long-term plays. Like this is a multi-year mission. Um, 
and people won't come unless the network is there, right? And that's that was the problem that we had to solve was like, how do you get the network built? Exactly. So how did you get the network built? Like, it's like, I feel like it's a chicken and egg problem, like the perfect chicken and egg problem. How did you go by solving that? The, the, the way that we thought about it was, you know, if we could somehow prove that hotspots could hear each other, that would that would mean that they must like, there must actually be a network there. Like that, that was our, that was our plan, right? If, if imagine you, so the hotspot is, is like a, a wireless access point for, for IOT devices, right? Like think, think of it that way. And IOT devices are like small tracking device, kind of like an air tag or something like that, right? Like a, a small tracking device or a temperature sensor or whatever. And our, our theory was if you could reward people for building the network somehow, then that would be how you got people to build the network. And so the, the hard part of that was like, how do you prove that they're actually building a network, right? Like, how do you prove that they're not just, you know, a bunch of boxes in a closet or, you know, 10, 10 under a desk or... And so we, we came up with this idea called proof of coverage where these hotspots would like transmit encrypted data through the air, basically, right? They would like broadcast it. And if there was another hotspot nearby, then the, that hotspot would hear it. And if that hotspot could hear it, it meant that it was there, right? Like there was actually like really two hotspots in that area. And that was, you know, there's a lot more complexity to it than that, but that, that was roughly the idea. It was like, if someone can shout and the other one can hear you, yeah. then probably two people actually there, right? And and, and so, uh, and the, the, we designed like a sort of economic system that paid people in HNT, right? And so HNT is sort of the native, the native token on the Helium blockchain. And so the more of this, of this broadcasting and hearing that you did, the more you got rewarded. And at the start, you know, that was kind of nothing, right? Like people would buy, you know, that was the hardest part of this was like, somehow you had to start, right? And, and right. US securities laws being what they are, like we, you know, you can't talk about ROI, you can't talk about price, you can't talk about profit, really can't talk about shit. And so you were basically like, here, buy this $500 box, <laughs> And just hope for the best, right? And <laughs> and you know, it, 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 that's exactly like what what it was like. And you know, we we had really good marketing and um, just were excellent at describing the value proposition of like what you were doing. This n none of this was my doing. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. I was watching your marketing, the videos that you guys created, the content, like all those guides. That's probably the best form of education I've seen for a crypto project uh, ever. You know, there was one YouTube video that you guys came out with, with the girl kind of explaining what, what Helium is. And she's like having all these like funny interactions in between, right? And it really feels human, the whole process, you know? And many times crypto is very, or most of the time, crypto is very hard to approach. And you guys really overcame that uh, to an extent where it's even trending on TikTok now. And people are in, are understanding it, right? It's trending on Instagram. Humans understand it. People understand yeah. it, right? And they understand that there's you you do an action and you receive a reward, right? Uh, it feels like people are dogs now. You, you sit, we'll give you a treat, kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, for me, that was, that was a very natural. The the thing that was cool about crypto was like coming from the gaming world, like the the idea of like status and gamification and like all of that was was like very natural feeling right like that's just that's how human like humans are just wired this way right like we we like to do things and we like to get rewarded for it and the thing that is special about crypto to me is that you you let this like massive community like participate under the same kind of rules right and and the hard part of it is at the start where like you know you you're you're buying the box and you don't know why, right? Like you, you're getting a you're getting a thing called HNT. It's not on any exchanges. It has no value. And you know, so I just have like so much like respect for the earliest crew there because they, they really caused the market to, to to sort of come alive, right? Like they yeah. they started trading among each other. Like I'll buy them for like you know two cents or whatever, and it was all on Telegram. And you know, we didn't participate in any of this. Like we didn't market it to exchanges. Like we didn't do anything, right? And 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 a lot of that was because we were very, we were being very careful from a regulatory point of view, but also just because that just felt like what was correct, right? Like we didn't want to be out there showing right. pro profit right. and talking about price. And like there's some other projects out there that's, they're sort of similar to 
similar attempts to what Helium is trying to do that like guarantee you like 10 to $14 a day. And I'm just like, seriously, like what, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Like it, it doesn't, how could you ever guarantee something like that? Right? Yeah. It's just not, it's not how the world, it's not how economics work. And so we let it go and we just let the marketplace kind of evolve and it just kind of did its thing right and and it's become hugely successful like wildly beyond anything i could ever have imagined like if you had told me that there were 700,000 orders for chipsets this year i would never have believed you in a, like i could just never accept that to be true internally we had a goal of like it would be awesome if we could sell you know x amount right and and 700,000 right. is like vastly above x x amount right, right. and so right. It's just caught this this wildfire has like kind of caught on. And I don't think it's just about there's something a little bit deeper to it, I think, than just tokens and price and, and mining. That's obviously a huge, a huge part of it. And it's it's a huge part of why people do it. But if you look at the way the community sort of evolves, like, you know, they're 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 serious. Like people have massive antenna setups on, on their roofs. Dude, and check, check this out. I have I have a friend that he's he's a new user to blockchain and booze. And I met him last week at the networking. And we just so happened to get in a conversation that you're coming on next week. He's like, oh my God, no way. That's my whole entire business. Like I have a white glove service for basically putting these uh these hot spots on people's roofs and managing them. And there's a revenue share behind that, right? And it basically allows me to want to accumulate these HNT tokens and, and really earn passive income and help people pay off their mortgage at the same time, you know, while really doing nothing, you know, and it's such an easy sell, right? It's such like an easy, easy sell. And on top of that, you're adding so much value to the network. Like it, it aligns naturally with, I don't know, it doesn't feel like there's anything. It, it almost feels like, Amir, it's too good to be true. Like everybody's winning here right? Everybody's winning here. I mean, at the start, like the, the amount of shit we took for, you know, it being a scam or it's a Ponzi scheme. I, I mean, it still is like, like that, right? Like this like relatively well-known guy right, in the censored world, like put a video up recently. It's a Ponzi scheme. And, you know, like, I think there's just a, like a fundamental, like lack of understanding around what crypto economics are and what they mean. And, and I, and I, and I mean this in like, the best possible way because there's just a lot of bullshit out there right there's there's so many um there's a, there are a lot of scams and ponzi schemes right like 99% of the stuff is a scam and a, and a ponzi scheme so i don't i don't you know yeah. i don't take it personally that that people feel that way but yeah i mean it's cool you know people i'm like blown away every day when i and i spend a lot of time in the discord community which which I, I know people are sometimes surprised surprised that I should probably have something better to do. Um, but I, I think that that's like super important, right? Like to understand what people people are are thinking and doing. And I'm constantly like blown away at the amount of thought and like precision that goes into some of the installations that people have. Yeah. I mean, people are people are legitimately acting like like cell tower operators. Right? I mean, their, their, their installation is like professional, you know, it's, yeah. it's excellent. Yeah. Shout, so, out, shout out to Noble Networks. That's that's the guy. But yeah, he was telling yeah. me like this is this is a brand new like type of business that like it, it's like as if he's becoming a super host. Like you, res, you referenced the Airbnb model, right? It's like you're becoming a super host on Airbnb and helping people manage their properties through your profile. You basically have the network and this and the supply chain, you know, connects to kind of get your hands on these on these devices that you can then turn and help people and, and provide a white glove service to that. I think it's like it's really cool. Um, I mean, it's like it's like it's, it's the ultimate gamification thing, right? It's like people are doing this because they want to earn more HNT, right? right. And, and like that—that's the dream, right? Like you right. Just, that means it's designed correctly, right? Is that you you are incentivizing people to do the thing that is the most valuable thing for the network, right? And, and that's the and that was the goal. And it may not be like the most. It, it, it's not like it's not done yet but by any means like there's so much work that still needs to happen but the fact that people are behaving this way and that they're talking to each other and helping each other and the community is growing at the rate that yeah. it's growing like someone told me the other day there were 20 20 hotspots a minute were being added to the network like at one point in time and wow yeah so i mean that's just that that kind of stuff is awesome and i, I don't see it, it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon there's only sixty thousand on the network only what what are the what are the risks with being a hotspot provider that you'd say if any 
I mean, I think everyone needs to be cognizant of the fact that you're putting like a foreign device in your home network and 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 treat it appropriately. Um, and I think that's the same, by the way, for like a smart TV or a connected printer or literally anything. Like you put these, you put these things on your network, and you know you don't really know what they're doing. Like I, I, I saw the other day, you know, Vizio, the smart TV company, yeah. sell, sells in like Costco and stuff. Yeah, they they make more money reselling your data than they do selling TVs. And so, you know, there's just all sorts of like insidious shit like that that happens. Crazy. And so, you know, it's. I think that's a risk, you know, people are putting products on their, um, on their network that they should just be cognizant. I like, I think we did a really good job with our hotspot in terms of how the firmware works and it being secure, but nothing's perfect. Nothing's hack proof. Um, and I, I definitely couldn't say for any of the other vendors, like we don't, we're not involved in those processes. And so you right. should be careful. You should be careful with that stuff. Um, other than that, I can, I, I mean, not a whole lot, right? It's pretty. It's a pretty simple beat. Like stick it, stick it in there. Get the biggest antenna you can on in the <laughs> highest place, in the place highest place you can, and and just do it. Yeah, you talk a lot about uh, in in your like materials online. Uh, this this word called longfi, right? It's a keyword that you guys like to reference a lot. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what that means in relation to helium, and how does that compare to Wi-Fi? Longfi for us was this was this idea of like blending a, a blockchain together with a, a low power networking protocol, right? So everyone everyone's familiar with Wi-Fi. Um, and Wi-Fi is designed obviously for like laptops and phones and iPads and whatever. It's like, it's a very high bandwidth, like high power consumption thing, right? Like you, you're expecting to plug your phone in to charge every night, right? That That's just like the expectation. And IoT devices are just not like that, right? Like you're, you're talking to like, Department of Forestry or something about putting a wildfire sensor out in the field for like ten years, yeah. right? On a on a battery like this big, right? Like it, you can't be charging that every every night. And so, for us, that's the the the, the term longfi for us was like, how do you blend? How how do you like? How do you describe the like combination of like a low low power wireless protocol and a blockchain? Because the blockchain part is actually like super interesting there because. There are things that you can do. You know, we always talk about H and T and mining and earning, but the, the other interesting things that you get out of this is that, you know, w when a packet gets sent across the network, like there's actually some record of the fact that it occurred, and there's a record of like what the contents of that packet were, like in an encrypted way, right? So if someone changed them, you knew you knew it was changed. Yeah. And so like some of that provenance stuff and like some of the some of the routing that we do, you know, like any hotspot can hear any packet. But still know to send it to the right place, you know, and so like that's kind of cool. And so that that's to us what Longfi means. It was this sort of combination of all this stuff um, that we wanted to sort of describe in some way. And people seem to understand what the what the letters Phi meant. And so yeah. that was that was sort of where we got to. DeFi, TradFi, Longfi, Wi-Fi, all these that, all these different Phi's. Uh, that, def that's right. That, definitely a, a, a repeating thing in the in the space. You brought up the the point of five G. Obviously, that's a big uh, mark. That's been a big big marketing push from these big like telecom companies, especially with the new iPhone coming out, Verizon, T-Mobile, AT and T. Everyone saying that they have better 5G than everyone else, right? And the biggest networks ever. Though, be, like, honestly, every time I try to, like, I have the new iPhone, right? And, like, 5G works like shit. Uh, maybe I'm in my, in my in my area, but it just doesn't do its thing, right? So yeah. you, brought, you brought up this whole concept of, like, you guys kind of tagging along onto that, onto that, right, that journey. What does that look like for you guys? How do you guys envision Helium with the growth of 5G? Uh, and what's your role in that? Yes, I mean you, you pointed out the first. I mean today, five G kind of I don't want to say scam. That sounds kind of harsh, but, Dude, but no, no, no. That okay. It, hold it, on. It, 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 it felt like a scam. <laughs> like it literally felt like a scam. And I was told by friends like like the cell towers and the way it's designed, it's not all like built yet, right? People are pushing out the hardware, and then they're building the cell towers and all the tech around it to kind of like boost the network and create that level of connectivity. But sorry, continue. Yeah, so about 10 years ago, this happened with 4G, right? And, and so before there was LTE, there was like the 4G war, right? And, and different, the, the different um, network operators had like different versions of 4G. And um, 
it was a, just a bunch of bullshit, right? Like, like some ver some versions of four G were just like three G, exactly yeah. the same, right? And, <laughs> and and so LTE was like actually a legit standard that that had you know some specification around what it meant. But before that happened, you you had like a bunch of nonsense, and um, it's kind of like that with five. Like I have my I have an iPhone here, and I have a Pixel Five. They both say five G in the corner, but it's like it's it's Dude. not five. It's Dude, I even shit. think they downgraded me to two G. Like I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even joking. Well, for for a while they did a thing called five G E on on AT <laughs> right? Which which was a which was a thing. But so just like to be technical, like to be a little bit technical for a second, like Please. The, the the thing that five G like tried to like promise was that you were going to get like, you know, millisecond latency and you were going to get gigabit kind of bat, like throughput, right? And and the way that that was supposed to be delivered was through something called millimeter wave, right? It's it's like kind of like kind of like microwaves, right? Like very, very high frequency, high bandwidth. Um, but the problem with it is that it doesn't travel very far, right? Like if there's a tree in the way, you're fucked someone closes a door, not going to work, right? Like, let alone like going from like a tower to like outdoors to indoors, sorry, like miles away. And so this is what, this is the problem, right? Is that that was the promise of 5G was, was like this thing. And then, then the carriers were like, fuck, there's like no, <laughs> there's like no way that we can like possibly deploy that. It's going to cost like tens of billions of dollars if we have to put these like microwave transmitters like literally like every cul-de-sac right right in, in in the country and so they started playing these the, the same bullshit they did 10 years ago where it was <laughs> like i'm just going to call it 5g but it's the same thing that you've had for the last like 10 years and i understand why right like there's no way to like actually deploy the real 5g which is the which is the, the millimeter wave the microwave stuff and so you know the, the thing that I think is interesting, and the reason, by the way, that they can't do that is that you you need like an almost infinite amount of real estate to deploy this way, right? Like mm. you need you need base stations. Like imagine if I told you that like the range of a cell tower was like two hundred feet, and everything obstructed it: trees, mm -hmm. window, glass, even humidity in the air. Like really? literally, literally everything would obstruct it. If you think of it that way, like you would need hundreds of millions of cell towers to create 5G coverage this way, right? Yeah, no, that makes a lot and, of sense. Yeah. And I and I think they like figured it out and were like, all right, we need to like immediately backtrack on what we describe as 5G, right? Like we need to like now describe it as like a capacity upgrade for 4G, which is sort of where or for LTE, which is where it's ended up. And so the thing that's interesting is that we met these guys at a company called FreedomFi and um, they were on this mission to like, how do we build like open source cellular networks? Right, like that that was their mission. Like we we want to like democratize the building of cellular networks, such that it's not owned by Huawei, Ericsson, Nokia, and these are the companies that own the infrastructure. Like when you look at a cell tower, the stuff that's on the cell tower is almost certainly owned by one of those three companies, right? Or, or manufactured by one of those three companies. And their view of the world is like there should be an open source like equivalent to that, right? Kind of like Linux was to like you know Windows Server back in back in those days. Mm -hmm. Now no one now no one takes Windows Server seriously, but it's it's you know in those days it was serious, right? Like that was the thing that you used, and Linux kind of exploded it all. And so that was their view of the world, and they somehow discovered helium, and I think they were like had an epiphany basically. They're like shit if we could. If we could incentivize people to like deploy cellular base stations the same way that Helium has encouraged people yeah. to deploy IoT base stations, build a fucking big network that way, yeah. right? And yeah. and the thing that was smart about their approach is that they're not trying to compete with the carriers. Like they're they're really not trying to like put them out of business at all, right? Like they they're basically saying we're going to build this network, the cellular network. And if you guys want to allow your your handsets, right? Like you want to allow your customers to roam onto this network, then we'll make it super cheap for you to do that, right? So if you're, and I always use this example, right? Like if you go to an airport, right? If you go to LAX or SFO and you're on AT&T, it's gonna look like you have five bars of AT&T service, right? Like that's that's how it looks. That's actually not what's happening, right? Like someone else runs the cell network inside LAX and they sell that to AT&T, right? AT&T buys that from whoever runs it inside the, the, the airport, it's probably Boingo. And that's how it looks like. So you're roaming onto Boingo's network 
for AT&T. And mm. so for, for you as a user, it looks seamless, right? You just happen to have five bars inside an airport. And so FreedomFi was like, we should do that, right? Like if we could deploy like hundreds of thousands of these like cellular gateways, then we could probably get carriers to pay us to like roam onto this, what would become this like massive network. And so that's really how those conversations started. Like, I'll be honest, I don't know shit about cellular networks or protocols or like how any of that works. I'm a relative expert on like LoRaWAN and IoT and like stuff like that, just because I've been in it for so long now. But the cellular world is like a whole other beast. Yeah. Uh, how do you make it portable? How do you make it portable? It's, it's doable. You know, like you, it? you can, and then you have you, like walking mobile stations, kind of a mobile connectivity kind of thing, right? How do you... Are you guys already tinkering with that? Is that already in the pipeline? Uh, like, it exists. I mean, I have one on my roof right now. Oh. Where, like, you, you can you can. No, go no. I'm, so I'm seeing. I'm seeing like, like if I go to a conference right now, right? If if need be, oh. or if I'm like in in a park, or if I'm like, and I can put like a small one in my backpack, right? Um, or in my purse, or I don't know, like in my pocket, for example, right? Like, is that even a thing? And maybe I'm just no, talking out of my ass. <laughs> unfortunately, you are. You yeah. Okay. That. Okay. And the re and the reason the reason why I love it, but the reason why is power consumption. I mean, these things like consume a shitload of power, and and so like you you can't think of it like a phone, um, but you can make them pretty small in the way that like a Wi-Fi access point is, right? Like, and that and that's and that's really the goal, right? Like the hotspot. I mean, like I have one here, right? Like it's you know it looks like that. Right, it's small and it looks like a Wi-Fi access point. Like, stick it in your window, and that's kind of the goal for the five G stuff, right? Like, can you can you make can you make it like that, right? So it's rather than, I mean, you've seen what like a cell tower looks like, right? There's yeah, yeah. like six 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 to eight different antennas like circling around, and they try and disguise them as a tree or whatever. And you know, it's like can can you can you make a smaller version of that so that people can stick it in their house? And I think that's doable, right? And I think the price can be reasonable. And then all of a sudden you've built this like enormous cellular network, right? And, yeah. and the question the question is like, what happens next, right? Will carriers start to use it for roaming or will someone decide they're gonna build their own carrier and right. use that network, right? And and we don't know, and we don't really care either. We just think it's awesome that like someone's doing this and that, that Helium is the network that they're gonna use. No, yeah, super, super interesting. I only brought that point up and probably people are like laughing at me. Oh, this guy doesn't get it. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I'm I'm new to this, right? Hence why you're here and, and to educate more people. But like, you're talking about connectivity. You're talking about like the more you have, the the better it is, right? And if you can make somehow people like your your mobile like on the go type of network. I don't know. I might sound crazy right now, but let's come back to this in ten years and see if something like that, <laughs> something like that exists. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's crazy. It's just it's just hard to do it today. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's jump into the QA. Um, I want to. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'll no. I'll be. I'll be careful. I don't want to. <laughs> maybe I won't. We'll see. <laughs> I've been. i We've been drinking. All right. Um, so let's see. Uh, okay. This one, uh, Philip Anagos. Okay. Is this only for companies or retail users as well? If the latter, what happens when someone like your neighbor runs a spot tool? So I think we kind of covered this, but just to blatantly say it out there. I mean, I think that's the the, the dream of it all is that anyone can do it, right? It, it's not just companies. It is literally anyone, right? Like I, you know, I discovered that my neighbor bought a helium hotspot, not knowing that I was any really? involved, involved with helium. That's funny. And uh, and so yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's literally anyone, right? Like it, you don't have to be a business or a corporation, or you don't have to be anything. You, literally anyone can participate, um, and that'll be the same for five G too. Like it, it's it's open, and, and anyone can participate in it. And there's no licenses or approvals needed to kind of get these boxes or anything like that. Nope. Okay. Just. Just buy one. Can you buy the token? Someone's asking sure. if, you're, if you're able to buy the token because they, they wrote, if you can't buy the token, how do users pay for the wireless connection? I mean, you can buy the token. Okay. It's, 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 on like, it's on like, I don't know. It's on like a dozen exchanges and yeah, no, it's out there. Google it. Okay. Uh, what do you think about researching your location slightly away from where you are, uh, either for privacy purposes or to preserve the reward scale in the area? Uh, for example, someone pops up nearby. 
honestly, this might be of a, a more like technical question. I don't quite understand it. Maybe you you can kind of wrap your head around it. Yeah, no, that's clearly someone from the. That's a clearly a helium community member, asking <laughs> that question, which which is cool. Uh, we we have an update. You know, so the thing I I've always liked least about helium is that you know where everyone is, and it's not really a great way around that. I mean, you're trying to build a wireless network, you kind of have to know where the access points are. Um, but you know, there are changes coming to the to the protocol that sort of make it blurrier in terms of of where you are. Right. So rather than being like in a precise point there, you're like at a you're, you're like at an area there. And so, yeah, that's coming. And the, the community have been asking for that for, for a long time. Cool. Um, I'm like going through the rest of these questions and where guess, do you see these questions? I'm, I'm in I'm in Remo. So, OK, really quick. It's a perfect plug to go. Go to meet.blockchainboost.io. <laughs> Uh, I'm, and not go, there. I'm not go, in there. And if you go there, Amir, mute your your tab so the volume doesn't leak uh, into the live stream. So meet.blockchainboost.io uh, yeah, and make sure to too, mute your tab. But for those who are too. not on stage, unlike Amir and I, go to meet.blockchainboost.io. Go ask your questions in the QA, and then I'm I'm literally calling them out as we go. Um, there's also a ton of questions in the the actual or a lot of comments in the in the broadcast chat. Um, I think I think that's mostly our employees just like just <laughs> bull, 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 bullshitting it. I see Frank. I see Frank in there. Frank Bong. Yeah. Apparently, they're not called GPUs either, right? Apparently, no. I butchered that as well, right? So, so let me put let me put that one on the board. Someone's laughing at me in the comments. So they're called they're called chips, from what I understand now, right? Chips. That's right. Okay. That's right. Done. Yeah. Uh, helium. I'm gonna bring that up one more time. Helium. I appreciate that. We're learning as we go. Okay. Um, let's see. What is the hardware submission process to get a miner approved by the Helium community? Uh, there's, I don't know how to like link it, but there's a, there's a thing. Um, so if you go to github.helium, no, github.com slash helium slash hip. Hip. Okay. Like, like the bone. Um, there's a, there's a thing in there. It's called hip 19. And this is this was the thing I was sort of talking about a little bit earlier, which is the hip the hip process is how the community participates in like changes to the network, right? So like Bit Bitcoin has BIPs and Ethereum has EEPs or whatever you want to call them. Okay. Um, and so hip nineteen was the the proposal from the community that should allow anyone to be able to build a hotspot. Cool. And so there's like a couple dozen different manufacturers that have applied through that process nice okay next one amir do you think amazon sidewalk is a threat to helium i wrote a, a tweet storm of, i guess is it still called a tweet storm i don't know but like a threaded list of tweets about <laughs> about, about about this um i mean it's you know it's it's sure right it's the largest company in the world like doing roughly the same thing you do of course of course it's a threat in some way um, but it's, you know, it's very different in other ways, right? Like, and I joke about this on Twitter sometimes, like people are not going to be attaching an external antenna and putting it on like a cell tower. They're not going to put their Amazon echo on a cell tower, right? Like it's just, <laughs> Alexa. Like my, <laughs> right. Alexa broadcast a wireless network. Right? Like, that's, that's, just, that's not going to happen. It just doesn't work that way. Like mine is next to a toaster in the kitchen. Right? It's like, doesn't provide any like useful network coverage that way. And so I feel like they're designed for different things, right? It, it's, it's, um, sidewalk is clearly an attempt by Amazon to, to learn more about what goes on in neighborhoods and have access to more data in those areas. And to us, that's actually been hugely helpful because believe it or not, like it wasn't always, you know, glory and success and like thousands of hotspots being added. For a lot of our life, it was like, well, why the fuck are you building a wireless network for sensors? Like who needs that, right? And, and so having Amazon like participate in this space is like, to me, like the best possible validation. Like they have infinite 100%. amount of capital. They have like all yeah. the money that exists, right? And, and they still can't do the same. They, they can't do the thing that they want to do any other way than to try and like build a network themselves. And so to me, that's been tremendous validation that, that someone like Amazon needs to do it the way that we're doing it in order for it to exist. And then the other thing is that the technologies are actually very, very similar. And so we, we're starting to see now companies that build both for Sidewalk and for Helium. In a lot of ways, 
that's amazing because they never would have built on helium alone, right? Like it's too risky to like, you know, you know, manufacture for a crypto network or whatever, right? Yeah. Like pe pe people have all sorts of biases. And so the fact that Amazon is doing this makes it much more comfortable for them to like build the product and then it ends up working on helium anyway. So like we're, we're, we're happy with that. So for, for us, it's been generally a positive thing. But clearly, I mean, certainly they're a formidable competitor and, you know, it's, it's Amazon, right? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Another, another question is uh, the Helium blockchain. Uh, is it a fork of another blockchain? Did you guys develop it from scratch? What was that? It is, unfortunately, entirely from scratch. Unfortunately. So we, <laughs> I mean, it is a shitload of work. And... Yeah, we, we built the whole thing from scratch. I mean, back in those days, back in 2017, like you didn't have a Solana or something that that was a was a viable option. I know you had Anatoly on the on the show a while ago. Like yeah. we, we know that we know those guys from a from a long time ago. They used to work. But our CTO and Anatoly used to work at Qualcomm together. Um, mm, there you go. And 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 so, you know, you didn't have that kind of tooling, right? Like you had nothing. You had Ethereum, and that was basically it. And we realized that Ethereum would never work for, for what we were trying to do. Like the transaction fees would just be too high and the, the cost of storing the amount of data that we needed would be too high. We had a bunch of distributed systems expertise in the team and we made the perhaps ridiculously foolish decision to just build it ourselves and we didn't fork anything. And we literally every single line of code is from scratch. Wow. Crazy. I don't know if that's good. Or, I don't know if that's good or bad, dude. Honestly, just like just, more, just more, more power to you guys. I don't know. I think there's something behind doing something first and the authenticity that comes from that, uh, and kind of reimagining that these are the problems we need to solve. Uh, these blockchains might not cut it the way the way the market is right now, in at least 2017. Uh, or fucking, we're doing it from scratch. Let's buckle up, guys. Uh, yeah, I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Well, look. More, more power to you. You guys are obviously onto something big. Uh, I guess the final question is, where can we get these miners? Like, where, where can we find these hot spots? Dude, help us out here. Give us some alpha. I got nothing, honestly. <laughs> I, I uh, literally got nothing. I mean, you know, someone internally said there's like a million chipsets now that that have been purchased, and so um, I think that is more than the entirety of all of the LoRa. So the technology we use is called LoRa. Okay. And it's built by this company called Semtech in San Jose. And I, I think we have the, the Helium network. Vendors, oh, they love you guys. They love you guys, yeah. probably. <laughs> can't, can't get enough of it. Um, <laughs> I think that the they, there is now the amount of chipsets sold to Helium vendors in the last like six to nine months is more than the entirety of like the last decade Wow, um, that Laura has existed. And so it's just tough, man. It's like, no, no, I couldn't have predicted that there would be a million unit sales in, in, in 2021. And certainly they couldn't. And so there's just a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit of a backlog right now. It's, but it's, you know, it's improving. I mean, the fact that you, you look at, you know, if you go to explorer.helium.com, you know, you, you'll see the sort of growth of the network. And the fact that you see like a thousand hotspots get added a day means that, you know, it means that it's improving, right? Like people are actually like receiving um, miners, right? And they're adding to the network and like that's all working. So, you know, it, it's going, it's just everyone, like it's just a little bit of patience, unfortunately. And I wish it were different. You know, we're, we're certainly not, I think people have this perception that Helium, the company, is somehow like deeply involved in the supply chain here and like limiting the supply or whatever. We literally have no idea. Like th these these vendors like get approved through a community process. Oftentimes, like we have no idea who they are. We don't even know they exist, and yeah. they certainly don't pay us in any way. And and all of a sudden, the stuff gets sold. And so we know as much as anyone else does on this. And yeah, I don't. <laughs> I can't. I, I've done well, there. Perfect. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Dude, cheers to you. Thank you so much for being on again. What a fun conversation. Cheers. Uh, I hope Thank I you. hope to have you on again soon at some point. Uh, and for those, again, who are watching on Twitter, go to meet.blockchainboost.io. Right now, we're going to transition into the networking section or session, excuse me, where basically, if you're already in Remo, stay there. Don't move. All in the stream. We'll all disperse to these tables. If you're not in there, go to meet.blockchainboost.io. When you get inside, 
uh, you'll get basically thrown to a random gamified table where you can turn on your mic and your camera and you'll be virtually sitting with other people around you and chatting and they'll also be drinking and having a good time. And uh, hopefully Amir will be there depending on what your schedule is like, man. But meet.blockchainbooze.io. Uh, Amir, thanks again, man. I hope to Pleasure. I hope to see you again, and and best of luck to all to, to what you're doing. I hope to get my hands on on a on a hotspot sometime soon, uh, but I'll, I'll let you know if I do, and <laughs> I'll send you a pick with it. But again, awesome. meet that meet that blockchain booze at IO guys. Meet that blockchain booze at IO. Uh, we'll see you next week. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.